and to be able to share the word and share some of the truths um, that he has for us. Um, while, while we were in a, the thought of one of the kids that spoke uh, to us at, uh, in Costa Rica sort of comes to mind. When we were leaving one of the schools, uh, he, he came up to us and he was lit up like a Christmas tree. And he just said, Jesus is king. And, uh, and I, I was like, yeah, yeah, he is. And he was like, and you are God's people. And uh, so it, that, it, it just little moments like that just absolutely uh, made it all worthwhile. And I just, you know, it's good to be around God's people because uh, we need that as much as we can. Um, I'm thankful to be here. Uh, and Brother Israel called me at like 7 o'clock this morning and uh, asked me if I could uh, fill in for him. And the only thing I could think to say is, you know, I thought, well, I'm not really ready. And then, like, who really is? And then, but all I could say is, like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so here I am. Um, and I would just honestly, I, I've shared it here before, but I would like to impart, just share my testimony and how the Lord has changed me. Like the song says, you know, I am changed. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And, uh, you know, we can all do that. We can't. We can't all be in a pulpit. We can't all, um, you know, do some of the things that we see some of Lord, the Lord's people doing, but we can all testify how he's changed our lives, um, and we should do that. But first, if you could just turn to Mark chapter 5. And uh, I'm just going to read um, the first verse through the 20th verse. Um, but to kind of sum it up here, um, Mark wants to reveal Jesus as truly divine. He now has turned from recording Jesus' power over the forces of nature to demonstrating his power in the supernatural realm and particularly over Satan. And, and I know, uh, and this passage speaks to a demon-possessed man being healed. And the same Jesus uh, that healed this man here is the same Jesus that heals us still to this day. He has not changed. Um, it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And that's, that's how we are before Jesus. Um, I think sometimes, especially with the relationships, we get this idea that I'm, I'm going to change him, you know, or, or I'm going to change her, or I'm going to change this person. And I think sometimes we can, we can even get that to... Uh, with children that are in our lives. And, you know, I don't have any children, but I know so many of us do, that we think if I could just get them to act right, you know, then everything would be okay. But really, it's only Jesus that can do the change that we so desperately need. And that's an internal change of the heart. And it's also, thankfully, an eternal change. Um, so this man here uh, could not be tamed. No one could tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. 
When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And if we feel the Holy Spirit convicting us of our sin and convicting us of our need for a Savior, this is how we should be. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. So here we are. This man is completely possessed. Jesus has come along and healed him. And now it says he sits um, clothed in his right mind. And we as followers of Jesus, we uh, when we come to the Lord and we start we, we have our faith in Jesus, and we want to share that with others. Um, we, people think we're crazy. I mean, they, they really will. You start telling by somebody how good Jesus is and what he's done in your life, and people, a lot of people, especially unbelievers, will look at you like you're crazy. But it says here, sitting clothed. And he's also sitting clothed. Um, I believe that also speaks to we're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And that's what we're trying to tell people about is how good Jesus is. And he's in his right mind. Uh, we as Christians are never more in our right mind than when we are telling people about Jesus, studying on his ways and living in obedience to him. That's when we are in our right mind. And this is how they found the demon-possessed man. And they were afraid. You'll also notice if you start to tell people about how good Jesus is, sometimes they get afraid. They get uncomfortable. You know, people get squirmy when uh, you start to try to explain to them who Jesus is. And all you want them to do is have life and have it abundantly. You know, have their sins forgiven because that's who we are. But that worries people and uh, it scares people. And so you see that same thing here. Um, and those who saw it told them how it happened to him. And had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him. But he said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And all marveled. Um, so here Jesus is telling him, hey, just go tell them what I did for you. You know, you ain't got to go do nothing super extra crazy or super extra special. Just go tell people what I have done for you. And that's all I'm asking you to do. And I, I believe that's all he's asking us to really do. It's just go tell people who he is. Uh, 
go tell people how he's changed us, uh, how much he loves every one of us. Um, it's not it's not that big of a demand um, once you know you know the Lord. Um, so like like this man here, I can see myself as you know I was blind to who had control over my life. Uh, like this man here, he didn't know who had control over his life until he met the Lord. And then he realized who he was. And when the Lord healed him, it was, he could see. He could see how bad off he had it. And I don't think as lost people who are blind, they don't really see how bad they have it until they come to the Lord. And they don't realize the control the enemy has over us uh, until they uh, encounter the living Jesus. Um, so... Uh, I, I just want to, I guess, just share uh, my, my testimony. Um, I know I've done that here before, but um, but I, I can still remember uh, very clearly how the Lord uh, drew me in um, to himself. And I, I also now understand, you know, I believe the Lord is always drawing us in. Um, but sometimes we, we can't always see it. Um, but th this is when I started to see it happening is um, my granny, uh, and this was, I was 32 at the time, I'm 35 now, um, but my granny had passed away, and um, I was always really uh, close to my granny. She had been there for me um, in a lot of my dark times, and uh, she, uh, she uh, w uh, in some of my darkest moments, she was there to comfort me, and she always read her Bible. Um, she always uh, loved Jesus, and I just remember uh, that's who she was. So after I had visited with her before she passed away, I remember driving back to Hamilton and, and my mom calling, and she said, uh, your, your granny, uh, she, she passed away. So instead of being like heartbroken, um, I, you know, I just thought to myself, you know, if anybody's going to heaven, it's my granny. You know, I, I didn't believe, I wasn't a believer in Jesus, but I just thought, you know, this was, one of the greatest ladies I've ever known, and I just had this peace kind of overwhelm me. And um, so uh, I'm on my way back to Hamilton, and I decided kind of in that moment that, you know what, my granny got up, she was like close to 90, and she got up at 4.30 every morning, and she went to work. And I just would think about her, and I'd be like, what am I doing with my life? Like, here I am, you know, I'm in a relationship with this girl, it's not really going anywhere. Um, I'm Really, I just laid around and I just smoked weed. Um, I was just kind of working. I was just working at Walmart. And, um, and I just thought to myself, you know, I need to do more with my life. So I just started getting up each morning uh, about 4.30, trying to run, trying to better my life, uh, trying to do, you know, better. And um, so about two months of this, um, I, I get this uh, job. At, uh, I ended up breaking up with my girlfriend um, and getting a job at UPS and still working at Walmart at the same time. So I really thought my life was going in a great direction. Um, I actually had told myself, you know, no more girls, no more uh, relationships uh, as far as like, you know, being in a relationship. I thought I was about to turn my house. I thought I was about to start making tons of money and I was about to turn my house into a, a bachelor pad. And I was about to start doing my own thing. I thought I had everything figured out. Um, I was selling weed at the time. I had uh, a guy that I just met who was 
growing all kinds of weed and I was just like man this is perfect I know all these people that smoke weed and I'll sell that and I'll work at UPS and I'll just save up my money and I'll just I'll just do my own thing and this is this was who I you know I thought I had things figured out and then my mom uh, she kind of always ragged me about coming to church but honestly she had just eventually given up but on certain times uh, I'd come out to visit her she'd be like will you stay till Sunday and go to church and so this time I was just like, ah, yeah, you know, I guess so. So they have like a two-day function, and it's a, a Saturday and a Sunday thing. And I remember being at this church on Saturday, and these, uh, and we're standing around talking, and there's these guys who just love football, and I love football. And uh, one of them's a Georgia fan, and we're in Mississippi. So one's a state fan, one's an Ole Miss fan, one's a uh, Georgia fan, and I believe there was an Oklahoma fan there, uh, strangely enough. And uh, we're talking about football, and one of them comes running up, and they're like, hey, did you hear what happened? And I'm like, no. And, and he's really talking to the other guys, and he's like, Tua got hurt. And it was when they played Mississippi State, and Tua hurt his hip. And they were like, he may never play football again. And I'm just I'm thinking to myself, like, well, what happened? You know, like, that's my quarterback. And they were all just kind of like, like, uh-oh, like, this guy's a Bama fan. And all I could think was, like, here's these Christians – at this church, you know, and this quarterback that has crosses under his eyes, and they're hoping he can never play football again for the rest of his life. And I'm just like, some Christians, you know, like these people are unbelievable. And um, so, and then, so I go home that day, you know, and my mom's like, so how was it? And I'm just like, all I could think about was like, these people hope too it can never play football again. You know, like these are the people we go to church with. And, uh, and I know, you know, she, she was probably just very disheartened because all she wanted me to do was, you know, come to the Lord or, you know, believe in Jesus. And, uh, and here she feels like, you know, that might be ruined, you know, that, that if these people are going to act like this, why would he ever want to come back to church? And, um, so the next day I go in, you know, and I'm, I'm really curious. I see the same guys coming into church, and I'm just kind of sitting back there with my mom, like, like, you know, just judging everybody. I'm judging everybody that can be judged. I'm thinking, like, this person's here probably because, you know, he uh, wants his kids to come in and do the right thing, and, um, and he probably gives money to the preacher to give them all kinds of advice. And, they'll come. and I, my mind was just like, this is just a farce. And the, the guy that was up singing, I remember thinking, like, man, this guy cannot sing. He needs to sit down. And then I remember, think, I remember thinking about the preacher, and I'm just like, you know, who does this guy think he is? And, I, you know, but I'm listening, you know, and I'm just like, what? You know, I'm really, for the first time, really genuinely curious about what's going on in here. But I was thankful that my mom was there and that she was happy there. But I, I didn't really understand um, what it was all about, to be honest. And uh, so I, I leave church that day, and my mom, and honestly, all I could think about was getting back home and just smoking some weed. That's all. I was like, if I could just get out of here, you know, I, yeah, nice to see y'all again. Yeah, I hope we still win a national championship. And, you know, and like, I, I'm out of here. And like, finally, this is over with. You know, and I drive back home, and I just go back uh, to life as normal and, um, and really didn't think too much more about uh what had happened that weekend other than I probably won't ever come back there you know but um so it's Wednesday and uh, 
my friend's mom uh, comes into uh, my work and she says, hey, you know, I'm going through some things and she's not a believer. She believes in like spiritual type things or whatever. And um, so she comes up to me and she's like, hey, say a prayer to your buddy for me. And I'm like, my buddy. So all I worked two jobs that day. So all, all day at work, I'm thinking to myself like my buddy, you know, and I, I'm thinking about my granny and, um, and she loved the Lord, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I just come out of church, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm I, you know, I guess Jesus was just kind of weighing on me. And um, so I was like, you know what, tonight when I get home, I'll just say a prayer to Jesus for her. And um, so I get home and I remember throughout the long day um, uh, to say a prayer to Jesus. So I just get down. It's nothing. It was nothing special. It was nothing uh, extraordinary. I just said, Jesus, my friend's mom, she's going through some things. Uh, just be there for her. Amen. And I got into bed and that was it. And um, so it's the next night I'm at UPS working my second job. And uh, and there's this man that um, he was like 50 or so years old or 60 years old. And he um, he was built like a brick house. Like, man, this guy was like well put together for a guy his age. And he always had his hat, Bill, way down low. You couldn't see his eyes. And he's just walking around just like just as as a uh, well put together, I guess, as a guy that age could be. And uh, but he wasn't talking to nobody. He was just a stone cold kind of guy. And it and I really wanted to talk to him because I just thought he was the coolest guy. And I found out that he was a cop. Uh, in the 80s in South Florida during the cocaine wars. So all I really wanted to do was like hear some stories that he had to say because I knew he was full of it. And um, so we're filling up gas, uh, we're filling up the gas for the UPS trucks as they're coming in to the docks. And, um, and suddenly his handheld thing stops working and he starts freaking out about it. And he's just like, son of a mother. And I mean, he's just, saying every possible cuss word you can possibly say and he is freaking out and then he kind of looks back at me almost like like is he offended and I'm just like no nah, bro like I say cuss words too like you know like we're cool you know this is we can have this moment here so so I'm just like you know so I'm, I'm joining it right in with him I'm like this job and blah, you know going back and forth and uh so you know like that's the passageway for friendship is if you both cuss you know then all of a sudden you can be cool with each other and um so then he starts to tell me why he started getting in good shape he starts to explain his fasting and all the things that he'd done which is not fasting for jesus this is like fasting to be some kind of bulked up superhero and it was working for him so i was just curious and um so he starts to uh tell me that the reason he started getting in good shape is because like 10 or so years ago he had had he smoked a ton of cigarettes and he had had a massive heart attack from smoking cigarettes and um so his doctor told him if you don't change your ways you know you're gonna die soon so the guy changed his whole life as far as that goes and quit smoking and he started working out every day and he's like and this is the result of that and during the cussing streak he had I had a brief remembrance of my dad like man this guy reminds me I haven't heard someone put together a string of cuss words like that since my dad was alive and um, and then when he tells me this story I had another brief remembrance of my dad and um, and, and my dad had passed away uh, well 
Well, when he said that he had a massive heart attack and lived, uh, my dad had had a massive heart attack from smoking cigarettes, but he passed away. And it was right around the same time as this guy had lived from it. So once again, you know, no, I'm not trying to link anything or think anything extra ordinary, but I was just like, man, that's wild. Like I, I just had the remembrance of my dad. Like that's, that's kind of wild. You know, but honestly, all I was thinking was like, this guy is the coolest guy ever. I knew we should have talked, you know, and I knew this, this is going to be great. I get to work with this guy every day. He can lift more than I can lift, you know, and I'm worried about how much I got to lift. I'm like, this 60 year old guy's got it taken care of. So I'm just really thankful he's there. And then, so that night uh, I drove home after working my second job and I didn't think any more about my dad. I didn't think any more about uh, this man that I just met. I didn't think any more about the fact that I just, you know, prayed to Jesus uh, the night before. And, and none, of, none of these things were anything that I was thinking about. And uh, matter of fact, I got home and I just, and I smoked a little bit of weed and I just wanted to go to sleep. And um, so I, I go to sleep and then about five, uh, 5.30 in the morning, uh, I just shot up. I didn't have a dream or nothing. I just shot up out of bed and I just said, Dad. And these the tears just started streaming down my face. And I just said, Jesus. And it was all in that moment of uh, calling out to Jesus that I was just I was just so broken over my sin and 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 who I was. And, and suddenly I could just see just how terrible I was. And I just started saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I was just laying in bed, just curled up, just saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I, I knew when I got out of bed before my feet ever hit the ground, I knew I was going to live for Jesus. And so I, I get up out of bed and I'm just uh, and, and suddenly uh, I, I turned from sin. You know, I was and, and uh, like he mentioned earlier, how much did I turn from sin, you know? But all I can tell you is that there was a, a significant heart change. And so I gave away all of my weed. I should have burned it, but I gave it away uh, to all my buddies that still smoke. Um, I could read the word, and I could tell that Jesus had died on the cross for my sins. And suddenly, when something like that had never made sense before, suddenly I knew it was true, and I knew it was truth. And um, so people I saw at work that I used just like this man here in chapter five, that he had so much hate and so much anger. I carried that with me everywhere. And anybody who thought that they were going to come at me um, for any reason, I would clench on and I would hold on to it. And I would make sure I would try to make them sorry for it. And I just had all this hate and it was just it was gone, you know, um, I saw people differently. I saw people that, you know, as people God has created, and I just loved them. And I just wanted to just tell them I'm sorry and look for reasons to be like, hey, I'm sorry for who I was. Uh, you know, I want to uh, make it up, you know, and I look for reasons to apologize. And I mean, everybody I work with had had an encounter with me of some kind of crazy type of just being like, I'll tell you what, you know, like, all right, you come over here. I'll pull you off to the side. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about you, you know, but that was gone. And um, so I call up my mom and I'm just like, mom, um, can I come back to church? And she's just like, yeah, like, and I know she was just like, wonder what's gotten into him. And um, so I, I come back to church and it's all the same 
people, you know, that I saw the weekend before, but suddenly I didn't even care that they had made fun of it, like, or hope to never play football again. I didn't even care about football. I just want to tell these guys, hey, I'm sorry, you know, that I was mad at y'all, and I don't even think they knew it. And um, so, and then suddenly, the uh, Brother Kevin Merritt, he's up there preaching the gospel, and I just knew, I was like, that's, that's the word of God, you know? And, um, and then the people that are singing that day is just like, these are now like angels. Like, this is amazing. Like, this is where I want to be. And, um, and at the end, you know, he, he gave the invitation to come down and, uh, you know, to believe in Jesus and who he was. And I remember just coming down and thinking, like, I already believe, you know, but now I just want everybody else. I just want everybody else to know and to believe him. And, um. And I remember the preacher, he got down and he, he, you know, he said a prayer over me. And he said, Lord, um, you know, be with this man um, because of the things that are going to come against him. And I did not understand that at the time. Like, dang, at first I was actually kind of like, what's about to happen? You know, like, what's happening here? And, um, and, but now as I've, you know, time has gone by, I understand what he was praying over me for is the, the darkness that us Christians come against and that we see every day, you know. Um, we, need, we need Jesus every day, not a one-time moment, but man, we got to have him every single day because this world is dark. Um, and uh, the whole world needs Jesus. And to see the light in us, you know, we have to be close to him. We have to be close to his ways. We have to be close to his word. And it takes a lot of prayer. And um, and I, I remember, too, getting up from uh, him praying over me. And I just saw my mom down at the altar, too. And she was just, just praise Jesus. But um, she was just walking back to her seat. And, uh, and I know now it's just like, like I'm sorry, mom. Um, for who I was, you know, and what I was doing. But praise Jesus, it's not like that anymore because <laughs> now I get to, like, I call my mom up and I'm not like, oh, what has my mom got to say now? It's just like, hey, mom, hey, I'm calling just to say hey, you know. And I could just, oh, and the things we've been through in the past couple of years to see her still leaning on Jesus and to know that maybe God's going to use me to encourage her in times to the one who's, uh, gives life and he gives it abundantly you know for eternity and that's something that we can all uh, hold on to and it never gets old um, to just keep looking upon uh, Jesus and two something else I've grown in is just you know to see the the grace that God has given me and you know that all my sins would be washed away um, to share that same grace with others. That's something that I'll always, can, until I'm gone, I'll always continue to grow in and try to get better um, and showing that same grace that was given to me. And, I, I, and you can just see uh, the growth. This church has helped me tremendously in um, sharing truths with me and, and getting closer to the Lord in truth and in spirit. And I'm just very thankful um, to just be a part of it. And... Um, and I can't wait till next week when we get to share about, you know, Costa Rica because that was another amazing thing. Um, so I'd like to just say this morning, um, I don't know what anybody's going through, um, and I, I never would pretend to, but uh, I do know the one who does, um, and his name is Jesus. And he loves each and every one of us. He knows exactly where we are um, and what we're going through. 
and, and like only he can. And um, without him, uh, we have no hope. Um, it says in Matthew uh, 16, 25, it says, If uh, a man shall hold on to his life, he shall lose it. But if a man loses his life for my sake, he shall find it. And I'll tell you, when I, when I gave up who I was and turned to live and trust in him, he made all the difference. Nothing I could have done. Uh, nothing anybody, just like in the story, nothing anybody could have done for that man. Um, no guidance, no human, no way of life, just, just Jesus and faith and trust in him. And it's all by his grace. Um, and I'm just thankful each and every day. Um, and that's, that's all I got. Uh, Scotty, if you uh, don't mind lead us, leading us in, uh, yeah, if, uh, and if anybody um, 